Joe, what do you call a hippie's wife? What? A Mrs. Hippie. <laughs> oh, that actually got a chuckle. Uh, uh, Joe, what did one butt cheek say to the other? What? You know, if we stick together, we can keep this shit in. Uh, keep this shit in? And out? And keep the shit together? No. Keep this shit in? Huh. It sounds wordy. I don't know. That's, it does sound more wordy. It sounds wrong. Let me see what I wrote down. If we stick together, we can stop this shit. Thank you. Let's start again. Joe, what did one butt cheek say to the other? What? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, this is Jacques. Joe. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. Did you miss us? No. no. no, no not oh. you. I was talking to Biff. Okay. <laughs> or Richard. Um, I don't even know if Richard listens anymore. I hope he does. I don't know if anybody listens anymore. Do you listen Do you listen anymore? I, I, I think more people ask me, how's the podcast going? Then, Good sign. Hey, I like the podcast because I listen to it. Good sign that things are headed, trending in the right direction. Uh, how was your hiatus, Joe? I was great, you I d- guess. You did you did the Bostonian go to the Cape for the big weekend family yes, thing. Gay biker week no wait, that's not <laughs> uh, Oh, you know that's not on the rundown. <laughs> what what are your big plans Saturday? <laughs> it's straight pride, baby. <laughs> I'm gonna have sex all day long <laughs> with a woman. Preferably my wife. I was going to say, does your wife know about this? We'll get into that later, I suppose. But my weekend was fine. We visited family in the Cape. They went to the beach one day, and I took a nap. And uh, we played miniature golf and uh, had ice cream and, uh, you know, the childish things that make me happy. That's good. Yeah. You came back, came back well-rested. No. 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 I came back just feeling worse than I ever have before. But... That's my problem. I like my dad. At least you came back. So there you have it. So, Joe, we are doing a sideshow this week. We are? Um, I have bad news for everybody but but me and maybe John Hunt. Uh, I had promised, and I think I did an amazing job not talking about the New England Patriots all summer. Am I right? You did all summer not. You talked about not talking about I talked them. about. But I didn't really go down the rabbit hole, didn't talk trades, didn't talk drafts, didn't talk Robert Kraft's legal woes. Neither did the news. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is weird. But, I, 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 but the hiatus is over. The season is upon us. The embargo is lifted. So because by, before, we rec- you know, before the posting of our next Carnival Personnel podcast, the season will have started. So... This coming Thursday, tune in for Joe's hot takes and predictions for the 2019 season. What's a quarterback? (laughs) (laughs) I got to know these things going in. Well, it's how you know that. (laughs) Anyways, uh, so right back into it. Speaking about back, is your little guy back to school? They go. He goes back the day after Labor Day. He does. Okay. I know that's how it always was. Always was until a few years ago, but I know some towns, like our town, it it started this week. And the first, at first, I was like kind of pissed about it because it seems like it cheats them out of the summer. However, uh, I kind of like it because they go Tuesday to Wednesday, uh, Tuesday to Thursday, so they have a nice three day week. Then they have a four day weekend, and then their next school week is a four day week. Kind of eases everything into it. And we've had a lot of snow days, and I think it's one of those, hey, you got to do 185 days 
It's usually 180, but they 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 tack on five snow days as a bump as a buffer, but they have to complete 180 days. Our our kids have to go 185. Wow! And so yeah, because they're going to the beat the school. Japanese that much faster. No, no, we're, we're going to. Uh, so it's like like instead of losing 19 to one, my kids are going to lose 19 to two. So <laughs> you know we got that going for us, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, are you ready to go back? Are you? I mean. Where do you weigh in on that? Are you are you one of those uh, parents who you see on Facebook and other places celebrating the kids going back? Honestly, my sister-in-law does this. All the moms at the bus stop go day drinking, like the first day the kids go to school and celebrate. Oh, so they just continue the day drinking. <laughs> Pretty much, right. <laughs> what the hell? It's Wilmington. Um, no, I get sad. I mean, I like being around the little fucks all the time. I really, I really do. I wish... Uh, I, you know, I have the I wish summer lived forever attitude I had when I was their age. Mm-hmm. But my little guy was psyched to go back. Uh, the oldest one were homeschooling solely so we can make sure he's valedictorian. <laughs> Basically, Man. you know, pr- prom's going to be a little awkward, but uh, but, we, but we will see. Uh, and now, what what about it? Do you, do you have any? Do you have any Labor Day plans? Uh, other other than the straight pride parade, I take it you're going to <laughs> in Boston. Uh-huh. No, I will be avoiding marching against and attending the straight. I'm going to try to forget that there even is a straight pride parade. I myself am not proud to be straight. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I can't get on board with it anymore. I have uh, no well, big when plans. When did you choose to be straight? Well, you know, it was a difficult choice for me. <laughs> it was when I got a boner looking at uh, Mona from <laughs> Who's the Boss. Yes, my first boner. Was from Mona. Oh, I believe that actually. It, it could be. Um, it's either her or you know. It's fight. funny about the straight pride thing, and I get you know my management and a lot of her friends are going to you know want to have the anti straight pride parade type little not, virtue signaling over not, there. Not not a protest, but you know, kind of hey, we're going to have our own. And I'm like, just ignore them. Like honestly, I think you give them a lot of credibility by i mean and i get i get both sides of you know fine people on both sides. but you know i'm guessing in the straight pride parade and the and the parade to protest it there's probably fine and gay people on both sides i'm guessing everybody in the straight pride parade might be uh thou uh protest too much i think the straight pride people would gladly accept protesters at their rally or parade. They want right. the attention. They want the attention. Yeah, they Don't want the validation. Now, do they want me showing up in assless chaps is the bigger question. I know I do. <laughs> so, uh, so, but any plans for you? Nope. <laughs> the, the, Cape, the one trip to the Cape was enough? That was it for my year. And so on a come Monday, Labor Day, we're just going to hunker down. We're actually hunker down and maybe play one of the fucking goddamn games I pulled off the shelf the last two years that you said, nope, haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll make a marathon of it. Uh, yeah, we're probably going to do a pool party Saturday, which... A pool party? Uh, I, oh, pool what party. A one butt cheek. <laughs> uh, um, no, I invite you, but you never... I um, don't like you. No, I it's, it, 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 honestly, once a week is enough. I don't like the water or anything that it goes into it. I, uh, <laughs> you know, my my family went to the Cape with their, um, you know, extended family or whatever. Went to the beach. I took a nap. Not 
an accident. <laughs> uh, I was given a choice. <laughs> pool party to take a nap. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, if you, you're going to have a pool, you got to have that last party. Uh, start our workout program this week, and that's one of the good things about the little guy being back into school. It's, it gets me. It gets me up two hours earlier than I've been getting up. Um, at the crack of ass at like five forty-five, his bus picks him up at like seven. And then I just go right to the gym. It's been brutal, but I come home every day. I just walk in the backyard and I jump in it and it's cold and it's fine and it's great. But yeah, we, we definitely want to use it. I'm also between the pool party and going to Six Flags. I'm a better person than you. Let me tell you why, Joe. I'm going to spend every moment I can this Labor Day with my family. Every waking moment doing whatever they want. Because they fucking lose me to the Patriots <laughs> starting next Sunday. Probably, really, probably next Thursday is when I'll probably really segue and I'll kiss him goodbye. I'll tell him <laughs> I hope everything works out. You should build like a fake side of a large ship with a railing. <laughs> and, you know, very high. Yeah, so you could just wave <laughs> a little kerchief and they can, you know, have confetti going. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and all goes well. I'll be back in their life come the second week of February, and uh, yeah, it will be great. I, I mean, it'll be like the end of the World War II, where you know you, you right, dip, BJ you, Day. You dip your bride and give her a big smooch right in the middle of Times Square. Yeah, yeah, but kids will like treat me like a vet returning, you know? <laughs> Daddy. Right. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll show up in like a big like giant novelty package that they'll like have to unwrap in a classroom, and you come popping <laughs> so, out. So it's February. What the hell? <laughs> On one hand, this weekend I will be a much better father than you. A much better father going forward. <laughs> yeah. So, Joe, next topic on the list here. Finally, that small mom-and-pop startup, Amazon, has found a way to make money. Yeah. I was at my parents' the other day, and my dad got an Amazon package, which only happens on days at NNY, and there was an ad for Taylor Swift's new album on the box. Like, the box was branded, like, with a color photo in it, and I'm like, what fresh hell is this? Yeah. Yeah, did you know this? Is this an ongoing thing? Am I late to the dance again? No, this is new to me. We usually get Amazon packages. They come from different various suppliers, but for the most part, they're just either the white puffy envelopes or the brown boxes with the little black strip, yep. o- the Amazon strip over it. But this one was like a one of those like buses with the ads like wrapped Wait, around it, the entire bus. Exactly what you said. It was a brown box with the Amazon strip over it and the Amazon logo on the side, but also branded on two sides of it was a an ad for Taylor Swift's new album. Did it have or... a picture of Taylor Swift on it? It did. It did indeed. Could have been worse. Could have been. Could... Thank you. But I'm like, seriously. I mean, and, it could have been Rip Taylor. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I take Rip Taylor. <laughs> Hello, Frisco. Is it name dropping to say I was at a New Year's Eve party with management when Rip Taylor, like the people, the uh, fun fact, the two gentlemen throwing the party share the same bedroom. Uh, but they were writers on that 70s show. They created the, the guys who created that Lab Rat show. Uh, they had hired Rip Taylor, who on New Year's Eve gets limoed from party to party to party to just walk in for about 20 minutes, throw confetti, and um, be Rip Taylor. That's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. And it's one of those things where you're like, 
holy fuck, thank God we live here. Thank God we live here. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I watched, shocker, an old match game. What? But this one wasn't quite as old as you'd think. This was the 1990 revival. So in the Charles Nelson Riley seat was Rip Taylor. And I think he had been doing this for some time, but to see it on television is still funny. He made a comment. I forget what the context was, but then somebody shot a bar back at him, and Rip got upset, and he took off his toupee and started hitting the other guy with his own toupee, which I thought was just fantastic. You don't see that level of entertainment on the this summer's game shows, do you? Do you? No, do you? I don't think we have a token gay anymore. We used to have those. Remember the token gays? Oh, they were all those so were the gays. <laughs> and you knew who you blew, man. <laughs> Girls like girls and men like men. <laughs> Mr. We could use a man who like... could give a rim job again. <laughs> uh, didn't need no condoms. <laughs> didn't care what you taste. Everybody died. <laughs> so let's make a pact. Whoever no, gets to up. hell first, you screwed up. Okay, you should have got, ended with "Everybody <laughs> died of <laughs> me." Those were the gays. <laughs> oh shit! Um, oh man! See, there's no God. We would have been struck by lightning, <laughs> um, or God's homophobic. That's it. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's answer B. Okay. Oh my God. Um, Why are we still talking? So. Getting back to Taylor Swift on the Amazon box and not <laughs> Rip Taylor. Um, yeah, it's fucked up. Not as fucked up as the actual Amazon being on fire. And like I, we were talking before the show, it's like Amazon started as an online bookseller. Where do they get their books from? They were probably... <laughs> Awful lot of trees. <laughs> and then you pointed out that, okay, when you're naming your gargantuan behemoth monolithic corporation after the, I think, largest natural rainforest in the world. Um, who were the ad wizards who decided to name their flagship video and tablet devices Fire? <laughs> Amazon Fire. So now if you Google Amazon Fire, guess what gets to the top of the list? <laughs> Not the tablet. Uh, yeah, so the Amazon's on fire, but you know, luckily, it's only a small, self-contained, isolated incident. And it just happened, like, the other day. It hasn't been burning for weeks. weeks. And we're just learning about it in the United States now. And uh, G. Summit, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in, a, in a little bit. But, you know, they said, hey, let's send money down there. And the president of Brazil, who's considered the Trump of Brazil, or Trump of South America, has a beef with Macron, the president. Is it a president or prime minister? Is he the president or prime I minister think of France? He's president of president France. President of France. Uh, I guess he hurt his feelings. So, yeah, we won't accept your money until you apologize first. Like, meanwhile, the indigenous people of the rainforest who have been fucked royally, I mean, you know, for the last 50 years since they started pulling natural resources out of there or depletion resources, maybe even 60, 70 years. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they they you know he doesn't he he truly doesn't care and they had to stop a soccer game in Brazil I think in like uh, um, Rio de Janeiro or something because the smoke from the Amazon fires was getting too thick 
Wow. In the actual state. But, I, mean, yeah, I don't know if it was in But Reno. let's not take the, the help from the world to put the fire out. No, that's a sign of weakness. Well. Yeah, so we have a, a lot of madmen running the world, but we'll get to that later. But thank goodness it's just South America that's on fire and that London's not burning. <laughs> and if you don't put a drop in of the clashes London burning. London burning. That's London calling. Yeah. Okay. But it goes into it. London's oh. burning right oh. now. No, 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 London's. I'm young. <laughs> I, hate, I hate everything about you. Everything. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dork that don't, doesn't listen to music. But, Ever. but, but at least London is falling apart. Uh, maybe, maybe even quicker. Who, whose democracy is falling apart and unraveling 300? Well, they're hundreds of years ahead of us. But, uh, but it, it's it's nice to see that the Donald Trump, and you, you, you get a, a thing here: the Donald Trump of Brazil is ruling over a nation on fire. The Donald Trump of the UK is ruling over a nation on fire. I don't get the trend of electing the most rootinous, tootinous, cartoony leaders you could possibly imagine. Fun fact: he wasn't elected. That's right; he was appointed. And, and all neither, the neither neither was Hitler. Just giving and putting it out there. <laughs> Neither was Hitler. And, and, and let's be honest. W- was Blotus? Well, I guess if you go by the rules, technically, uh, maybe, uh, depending uh, on who, depending on how legitimate those votes were. Right. But yeah. so, so in an answer, no. And so outside of Parliament in, in, in London the other day, tens of thousands of people chanting, like, we didn't elect you. So a guy who wasn't elected, who is not part of the monarchy, is truly dismantling the, the entire British government right now. He, he's, he's trying to um, force this what's called a no-deal Brexit, which everybody from day one has been saying is a horrible idea. And most people, even in the conservative party over there, weren't really championing Brexit. It was a small... You know, people from inside the conservative party, like Theresa May and all these people, and much like Blotus getting elected, nobody thought Brexit was going to pass. But they were warned from all the other countries in the EU. It's like, this is going to hurt you more than it's you're You're an important part. You're a big figure. We love having you be part of this. Couldn't have started this whole thing without you. However, France, Italy, you know, uh, Spain... And it'll go down the list. You know, Germany are going to just fine. So, um, and so Boris Johnson came in, and you know, we won't get into the whole thing. But Theresa May stepped down, and the way it works, I guess, after thousands of years of working on this, their Conservative Party, they vote. Just their senators or Congress people, you know, vote. So he was elected by a group of 150 people. That's it. No public opinion whatsoever. Talk about small government. <laughs> That's kind of what they want. But anyways, it's, 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 it's fucking scary. And again, all these nations, be it Brazil, be it UK, be it the United States, who are like, you know, our nation first, be damned relationships and, and world commerce and trades and treaties and pacts and the UN. The only thing that matters is our coming in first and 
at the, you know, and it's one of those things. It's like uh, a, a day trader, you know. It's like, yeah, a one-time gang for a lifetime of fucking yourself. Yep. But at least only a few people benefit, so it makes it all worthwhile. And this is how fucked up the world is. So the opioid crisis, which you'll talk about a little with the Dave Chappelle Maybe. thing later. Uh, so Johnson and Johnson, uh, I was it was it in was it in Kansas that they just lost a Kansas, the state of Kansas, has sued Johnson and Johnson for perpetuating the opioid crisis by misleading information, by pushing the drug that they knew was this addictive, by not you know I'm not getting into the whole thing, but anyways. The and this is a very red conservative state, so it's not, you know, one of these liptar places like California or Massachusetts. And Johnson and Johnson, the the state asked for thirty six years of expenses or thirty six million dollars to cover eighteen years or something like that uh, to fight the opioid crisis to for treatments and. You know, all, you know the, the the all the damages that it has caused that the state is out treating these people and treating the people going forward, and they were only awarded one year of damages, which was like five hundred million dollars, which was a fraction of what was asked for. Mm-hmm. The very next day, Johnson Johnson stock goes up five six percent because the shareholders really thought they were going to get their ass handed to them. They knew. They were the bad guy here. They were expecting to get blown out of the water and that the stock would – they were going to have a 30, you know, $5 billion judgment against them. Uh, but how fucked up is that? You lose in court and you make it up the very next day because your stock goes through the roof. Oklahoma, by the way. Oklahoma, right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a libtard state, right? No. And so, I mean, I guess the only upside – is um, a couple of, you know, oh, I cannot think of the other, one of the main, main opioid, the people who actually make, oh, what was, what's the worst one? Oh, the Oxycontin? Oxycontin, the company that makes Oxycontin. Bristol Myers Squibb or, I don't know. The family who owns a company. Oh, right. They engineered the, the opioid crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, because they're being sued in several states, and one of these states are like, uh, we will pay all this money. And the family will put the company in a trust, and we won't have anything to do with this anymore. And we don't really think we're guilty, but we don't see putting everybody through pain and suffering or tenure case. Um, so it is interesting to see this is going back. When was it that the cigarette company started to be held accountable? Oh, she's uh, like the 80s and yeah, 90s, really? 80s. So this is. Looks like the start of that, mm-hmm. um, but it's sad. Again, uh, you you have a five hundred million dollar judgment against you, and your stock goes up because it wasn't nearly as bad as everybody thought it was going to be. The Sackler family was the family that uh, created OxyContin or engineered the OxyContin uh, opioid crisis. So, thank you, Sacklers. <laughs> um, so. Now, and let's let, let's just blow through this because it's been depressing now. The G7, the worst part about it is the president of this country is it's just fucking insane. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. The guy, before he goes over there, the whole looking to the heavens saying, I'm the chosen one. But just every fucking time he opens his mouth, especially on the world stage, is just an embarrassment after embarrassment. The way... 
a year and a half ago, or, or no, about a year ago, in Helsinki, the way he, you know, uh, apologized to Putin for his good net reputation being dragged through the mud by uh, their own by the United States intelligence agencies, which he point blank was asked. So you're taking his word over all the agencies in your country. Well, I looked him in the eyes and he said that. Same thing. He's there the whole time saying Putin should be here. Putin should be here. And it's it's so fucking embarrassing. It literally is embarrassing. And then at least he goes on a three-minute commercial for his property in Miami where he says he's going to hold the next G7. That's where he wants to host it. Yeah, a little home turf advantage for the uh, the Trumpster there. Man, and that's going to be uh, that's going to be a wild August if that's the case. Well, here's the interesting thing. It's it's in the constitution. Like the emoluments clause is there and he's skirted around it, although we know I'm pretty certain he shat on it. He did shat on it. But I'm quite sure somebody's going to put their foot down and say this is this is too blatant. You can't charge foreign governments to come to your property. That is upside down. And it's I'm sure that person it. is going to be Nancy Pelosi. No, it's a, well, it, the head of the Justice Department, the you know, the DOJ. It has to be William Barr who comes in. Oh, wait. He, the day after Trump announced that, announced that his $30,000 a year Christmas party that he throws for his family is going to be moved to that resort. Oh. So William Barr is saying, no, it's not illegal. Look, I'm even giving the president money by having my party there. So if the head of the Justice Department can move his family Christmas party to the Trump resort that he just advertised on the world stage, how can it be illegal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, And that's why... Uh-huh. What? I don't know, Joe. <laughs> is there a joke at the end of no. this? No. Yes. Our democracy is... is has, that is a hot take. But, but at least um, the FEC, the government bureau that oversees elections, yeah. Yeah. has just been gutted. Oh. Like literally funding pulled and the top people forced out. Mm. As we are finding out that Russia didn't meddle in the elections, didn't place a bunch of Facebook ads, actually in some states got into the voting machines as reality winner, the, the whistleblower in prison, told us three years ago they got into the election machines and everyone said, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. You're going to jail for treason. Turns out she was right. Mm -hmm. and But at least Mitch McConnell will not take a vote on stepping up election. Thing. And they're like, all the states, you know, should, should, you know, all the states have the resources to step up and take care of their own election. It's like, if you roll tanks into Wisconsin right now across the Canadian border, like you know, Russian tanks, we wouldn't say, oh, their National Guard can take it. They're, they're fine. They're fine. And that's the IT guy from Massachusetts is supposed to take on the Kremlin's, you know, weapon. And that's, that's what they're saying, mm -hmm. you know. So, so that was great. And then, uh, but at least with a hurricane, as we're doing the podcast, is bearing down on Orlando. They pulled money from FEMA this week to give to building the wall. Did you follow that at all? No, I did not, sir. Please enlighten me. That's it. They just l literally took billions of dollars out of FEMA the days before a hurricane is supposed to hit and give it to put it in, you know, taking it from this pocket and put it in the pocket to build the wall. Well, you're going to blame the government for that. I mean, how would FEMA know that August is hurricane season? And uh, but at least they followed up taking money from FEMA with a very solid plan to fight hurricanes. 
How's that? You've heard this. I know. I'm just, can you? Can I you? Can you? Can, I can't say it. I can't say anything. According to Axios, who Donald Trump said he never heard of, even though he did an interview with them last year, they have uh, corroborated a few sources saying that, yeah, I guess maybe Trump thought a good way to fight off hurricanes is lob a couple of nuclear bombs at nuclear bombs at them. Nuclear, <laughs> nuclear. I, I did say nuclear, and then I wanted to. Hang oh no, I'm I'm, um, I'm doing the uh, the penguin for the penguins from Madagascar. He always enunciates oh, very. Yeah. Um, no, but the thing about yes, someone in the fifties posed at one point we should buy Greenland, and it was instantly struck down as this isn't the 1600s. You can't do that. Um, and then somebody in the fifties also had that idea about. Maybe drop an atomic bomb in the eye of a hurricane, which was instantly told as the worst idea ever uttered. Somehow it made its way back into, you know. Yeah, like, was there like a 1950s Fox News presentation that they were showing at 4 a.m. one evening that the president just happened to stumble upon? Like, he missed the part where, say, where they said in the TV special about the 50s. Here's some batshit stuff that people thought about in the 50s. Buying Greenland. Nuking hurricanes. I think they got a hold of, like, Robert Ailes had a ham radio show out of his basement yeah. in, like, 52 before. Anyway. Oh, real brief. InfoWars apparently is back on YouTube. Ooh, why? I, thought I they think were... I, I, I blur, this is a blurby, of course, because I don't only read, you know, the headline. But apparently, like, the, the new CEO of YouTube is deciding to allow, quote, offensive content back onto YouTube. And I think the InfoWars is part of that re reinstatement. So I don't know. I think I didn't want to read too far into it because I couldn't read past my own tears. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my liberal tears. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, I look into that. Oh, and by the way, speaking of white supremacy, which we were not, but kind of were. Well, we, yeah, no, we were talking about the president. Yeah. Uh, did you see that the president retweeted like a two-minute video about their re-election campaign, the Trump-Pence 2020 re-election campaign? Somebody put together a video, and um, you can see like a watermark of like another user's name at the bottom oh, of the video. Oh, okay. But that, that's kind of here, neither here nor there. So it wasn't like generated by the White House. It looked like it was generated by... Somebody who's a fan or whatever. I don't know. Long story short, at the end, there's this figure that's like a lion in a circle that, you know, it's like a red and blue lion face in a circle. And then below it, it says Trump Pence 2020. Apparently, and I'm still not sure if this is a real thing or not. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's real. But apparently that, that uh, lion logo was used by a Dutch white supremacist website that is now defunct. So, yeah. Shocking to no one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, just if that's true, A, is that the biggest, like, whistle, like, dog whistle ever for the, the Trump campaign wanting to, you know, kind of do a little wink-wink, nudge-nudge to the, the neo-Nazis saying, hey, we, we got your back. Or is it just the ignorance of the White House putting this, or Donald Trump retweeting this video that is in support of Trump and Pence? It's not really official, but it kind of is because it's on the president's Twitter that uh, was put it, together it, by some weirdo anything white... Anything on the president's Twitter is official 
White House statement. Right. And how many times, and I mean this, how many times has he forwarded something from a, a conspiracy theorist thing that, you know, he either knows or just didn't happen to know that's a white supremacist, that it's a Nazi, that it's a clan. I, I mean, we're talking dozens, dozens and dozens. We might be into the hundreds of times or at least a hundred times since he started his campaign to now that he has forward, like he's liked and retweeted something from a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. Um, supremacist. Supremacist. Sorry. Um, I will be the word now, Nazi. How many white supremacists is <laughs> do you see on your Twitter feed? Unfortunately, more than I care to, only because they're being talked about by people who I do follow who go, oh my God, can you believe the president is retweeting white supremacists? Right, right. I mean, but, but you know, it's usually Weird Al stuff that you're following. I mean, you right. Well, you don't follow it. How many white supremacists do you follow? Uh, zero. How many have you accidentally Actually, me? I don't know. <laughs> I, right, that's true. I really don't know I how that. many white supremacists I follow. I think I follow none. I mean, I remember that a couple of years ago. Uh, management showed me a great meme. It's like, there's a great new app to show you which ones of your friends is racist. It's called Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, all right. You know what? Let's move on to TV. Okay. What are you watching this week? If it was 1977. That's the year I was born. Which, by the way... Is relevant somehow this week because my birthday was this week. Ah ha! Yay! I'm a I'm a year older. <laughs> I'm happy. You look amazing for sixty. Uh-huh. You look amazing. I'm really seventy five. <laughs> That's how old I feel. Um. Yeah, let's talk about seventies TV. What do you want to talk about? Nineteen seventy seven. What 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 tickles your fancy most? Growing up. So when I'm a lad. Running home from seeing Star Wars the twentieth time that summer, the biggest talk night, about white privilege. <laughs> the big, the biggest night in television was always Thursday night. It was, I mean, when I, I don't watch any TV now, but when is Thursday night still a big night for TV? Yeah, yeah, it's must see TV. It's Shonda Land, you know, that kind of like Grey's Anatomy, right. how to get away with murder. Yeah. TGIT, they call it, or they used to call it. Maybe they still do. But in 1977, I remember the prime time. And that's the other thing. This is pre-Fox. This is three networks. Everything that made the airways was pure gold that has stood the test of time. And it's been a while since we've done a self-indulgent theater. (laughs) And I have asked the birthday boy if he could delight me, and I'm quite sure you, dear listener, by reading the primetime lineup for 1977 as the voice of 1977, Casey Casey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I could try that. Um, so what do you want me to do? You want, to, you want me to read the lineup as Casey Kasem? Uh, but, 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 you know, but put your little spin on it, you know. Like you're doing a promo for the entire lineup. Yeah, I'm looking all at... All networks, all three of them. <laughs> The three, the big three networks. The big three, not including PBS. The, the, the Thursday night, just yes. just the Thursday night for the big three uh-huh. for the year 1977. Reading uh, as Casey Kasem. All right, so just imagine. T- I'm taking you back to 1977. Here, let's give this a try. It's Casey Kasem here with the 1977 NBC fall lineup. This Thursday on NBC, 
It's Punch. It's the other guy. <laughs> They're California Highway Patrolmen, otherwise known as Chips. Followed at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, 9 Pacific, because they don't go that far back. It's Man from Atlantis. That's not Jason Momoa. <laughs> then at 10, Rossetti and Ryan. I think that's some sort of a pasta combination. I'm not sure. You know, if you're going to lead into the 10 o'clock lineup with these fucking weird titles, I, I, you know, maybe give me a heads up. Is this a drama? Is this a comedy? I'm coming out of a the man from Atlantis going into a fucking Russell and Ryan at what? At 10? Is Don on the phone? That's on NBC. You want me to do ABC? Yeah. Uh, you don't have to do Fox. Oh, in case you could. Coming up at 9 p.m. on ABC, it's Welcome Back, Cotter. Back for their seventh season. <laughs> no, they only had four seasons. Isn't that right? Yeah, you got your John Travolta's and your, your Gabe Kaplan's. And um, that's all I know. Oh, then Horshack. You got that nerd Horshack. Followed by your black show, What's Happening? <laughs> There you go. There's one for you. What, you're not happy with just one show? Now, later in the year, instead of watching what's happening at 8.30 on Thursday night, you're watching Fish. You know, Abe Vigoda, soon to be dead Abe Vigoda, I'm sure. He's got to go sometime, right? I mean, he didn't look too healthy in The Godfather, I'll tell you that. Followed at 9 p.m. by Barney Miller, the same writers who went on to write Night Court, by the way, I... I'll have you know. Well, how would I know that? It's 1977. <laughs> 9.30. Carter Country. What the fuck is Carter Country? Is Dawn on the phone? <laughs> and then at 10 o'clock, it's the Red Fox Comedy Hour. Can a man relax? <laughs> if you want lighter fare in the winter, you're watching Beretta. Nothing possibly bad can happen from that. <laughs> And that's your ABC Thursday night lineup. And now the last one. Now oh, CBS? Yeah. All right. Was, was CBS just holding on? Or did they have CBS was, they were rocking. I oh. think NBC was the shitty one. At 8 p.m., it's that lovely Christian family we love to say goodnight to, the Waltons. Followed by, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain, <laughs> Hawaii Five-O. And then, 10 o'clock, Barnaby Jones, starring... Was it Buddy? What, 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 what's that guy's name? Buddy Epson, right? Buddy Epson. Was it Buddy Epson? Is Siri on the phone? Wasn't it Buddy Epson? It wasn't Buddy Hackett. I'll tell you that. Should have been. Who the fuck cares? I'm coming out of a fucking Hawaii Five O dedication. We got a nice uplifting show about Hawaii cops. Book 'em, Dano. And that's your CBS lineup on Thursday night. I'm Casey Kasem. Keep your feet on the ground, keep reaching for the stars, and keep trying to reach Don. I want to know if those photos of mine are ready. Defunct sponsor. All right. Oh, uh, oh yeah. And now, thank you. Somebody here knows what the fuck they're doing. And now stay tuned for our defunct sponsor of the week. I'm Casey Kasem. Every week on America's Top Ten, we'll count down the biggest pop songs in the land according to the official Billboard charts. You'll see how all your favorite songs are doing. And we'll take special looks to see what's happening on the soul, the country, and the album charts. You'll also see the hottest videos around today. And we'll take you behind the scenes for interviews with the biggest stars of yesterday and today. 
That's America's Top Ten, right here on WDCA Channel 20. Sunday evenings at 6.30. Joe, it's time. Time for another fucking dog dedication? <laughs> it's time to talk sport. Mm. But... Where we are going to do a podcast this Thursday. Tune in to hear all of Joe's 2019 Patriot picks. Uh, we won't talk too much about the Patriots, except I, 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 for the first time since months, literally, I since I can tell you when June 12th, all TV and terrestrial radio went off. No sports talk radio, no reading it. See a couple things on Twitter here and there, but since June 12th, nothing. And I and I had pledged a couple months ago to really ease off on it. But this week, you know, getting back into it, there was a bunch of Patriot Super Bowl shows and other things. I watched the Julian Edelman documentary. I think it's called 100%. Mm. I 100% tell you, don't. Ah. Now, you don't know anybody who loves Julian Edelman more than me. You have that giant blow-up cover of the ESPN magazine with him naked on the cover in your bedroom. Don't. Are you judging me? Yes. All right. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's about time. Uh, love the guy. Love the guy on the field. But he's a tool in the media here. Like, people mock him because he's uh, – y- okay, help me out here. Uh-oh. He's the little dog. <laughs> yes, Spike, you want to you – nah, you want to want to chase a cat. Now, what's your Spike? <laughs> Tom Brady's the big dog and that little Sp- – Tom Brady's Spike and then the little guy. Do you yeah. know the name of that no, character? I don't know the name of that could, could you call Richard? <laughs> See, no, you know, um, uh, Peter. Peter. Peter will know. Peter will know. Call Peter. He will definitely know. He's not answering my calls. Well, no. <laughs> At least not the podcast calls. <laughs> um, so he, uh, anyways, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. That's a talk for another day. But the documentary was, and it started to be hosted by Mark Wahlberg, of course. Uh, why, why he still gets this Patriot love? Dude, you fucking left the Super Bowl. You left the Atlanta Super Bowl. Now, I wanted to leave my mother's basement. You wouldn't let me. <laughs> uh, and friend of the podcast, uh, you know, Jim, he texted you at halftime. And like, don't worry. What, what was the exact text? Something like, he, he, he called it. I don't know, but he equated to... You equated it to Trump's victory, which I thought was oh, a little... Oh, now you've ruined it. Now yeah. I can never reference that again. Yeah. But the truth is, he... And... It turns out, and even Mark Wahlberg, and they made a joke about it. It's like, who's paying for this? Who is paying for this documentary that NFL Network aired? Yeah, it would be Jules. He paid for his own. And he produced it, you know, interviewing his family history and all this and coming back. I mean, it was interesting. I mean, it was it, it, it was fine. But it was like the whole time knowing, you know, that he paid for his own infomercial. Uh, you. Did he really pay for it? Well, well, yeah. I mean, he okay. had to hire the crew and all this. I mean, I don't know if NFL Network paid him enough to recoup the cost or just because he's trying to up his brand. And, you know, he has to. And I remember when I first did the TP12 thing is a huge brand. And then when he had the JE11 thing and the logo looks the same, I literally remember seeing it for the first time thinking, oh, this is awesome. He's, he's trolling, tr- he's trolling Tom Brady with his own JE11. Oh, no, wait. Nope. Nope. Mm. And he does the, he's had these pop up, you know, stores in Boston where he's tried to sell like a $10,000 autographed um, uh, surfboard and all this other stuff. And it's, I get it. I get that. 
he's won three Super Bowls, Super Bowl MVP, and that truly he's he's an, he's yet another great player on the greatest team that is a distant second, you know, on on his best day. Um, but anyways, I, I it was it was hard. It was it was it was a little hard to watch. Not as hard to watch as a, or maybe not. Yeah, that wasn't as hard. No, that was harder to watch, I think, or, or not as hard. The Andrew Luck retirement. Did you see any of this? I, I mean, I heard the news over the weekend, and I also heard that he was booed by Indianapolis Colts, quote-unquote, fans after the um, announcement. Well, it's week three. He's walking off the field after... Week three preseason, yeah. the season's exactly like two weeks from the day, and these be a lot of people, and and now people are getting pissed, and I get it. I guess he had said to the team a month earlier, "Hey, I'm thinking about retiring. You know, I got another injury. I, I'm in constant pain. It's just time. I need to get away from the game." And they're like, "We'll take a few weeks to think about it because we're coming off a good season, <laughs> and we kind of need the ticket sales." And a lot of people. And I, I, do you have an opinion on this one way or another? He's mm. 29 years old. He's played six years in the league. He probably just thinks it's time. I don't know. I mean, is he a Hall of Famer? Oh, God, no. I mean, yeah. six years. He played in one AFC championship game, which he lost 35 to 7. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 35 to 7. Maybe he just knows his limitations. Maybe he just like he, he probably wants to fucking kill himself. Who the hell knows? I mean, he's in constant pain. Yeah. He's so and he missed one whole season. And then he's been injured more often. I mean, he's only played I think he's only played like 75 games in his career. Does he have a family? He just got married. Okay. Like so he doesn't have kids. Mhm. Uh, smart guy, you know, and and here and I guess he was able to keep his signing bonus, and I think the team let him keep the twenty five million dollars signing bonus because they are holding on to he'll take a year off, and then he'll come back to us like we are with Gronk, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, maybe he's just you know, um, looking at the future and saying, is it worth trying to stick it out for another five years, whatever, until I'm really. Now acceptable, it's acceptable for me to be put out to pasture. I'll be, uh, you know, the ripe old age of 35, 34, and then I can walk off the field after, you know, five more years of agony. Or, I mean, how much did he have money? Uh, well, he's money? made about $100 million. Yeah. Now, sounds like a lot of money, because yeah. it is. <laughs> but here's how football has changed just in the past few years. He's made $100 million over his seven years, but that's his rookie contract. And, and just part into a second contract. The second and the third contract is where the big money for the Aaron Rodgers and, and, and the, you know, everybody but Brady comes from. Right now, your top tier quarterbacks are getting about $40 million. You know, if he signs another five year deal, you're talking, yeah, he's made $100 million, but he's walking away. And Ursay said it, the Colts owner, he's walking away from close to a half, uh, close to a quarter trillion, a quarter billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he's one of those guys you're ever going to see on broke. I don't think he's been done with his money. I think he could have got into Stanford just on his grades alone. And <laughs> you know, he wasn't there just because he was a great athlete. You know, I, I I at first was like, oh, he's letting down all the guys in the locker room. I can see the fans being upset because he should have walked away. And and, and literally, 
a couple people are now starting. People are, are really holding out hope that Gronk's going to come back. But Gronk did the same thing. He retired after the draft and after all the big tight end free agents were already scooped up. Had he said to the Patriots two weeks, three weeks after the Super Bowl, hey, I'm done, there was three or four really great you know, free agent tight ends out there. There were, it wasn't a tight end loaded draft, but there was a couple guys they could have moved around to get. And I think, and we all thought, like he seemed to have a lot of fun, you know, that, that clip of him and Brady walking out of, you know, the stadium in Kansas City after the game, just smirky, like mugging for the camera, like being real smug and kind of funny that he loves football again and he's going to give it another run. And maybe he really thought he did, but he waited so long. And the same thing, Colts fans feel, if you had retired a few months ago, we would have been bummed, but we could have drafted. There was five or six big-name free agent quarterbacks in the offseason that they could have thrown money at, that they could have made trades, they could have made a deal. Now, just two weeks before the season, you just, I mean, as far as the Pats fan goes, that's one less AFC chain to worry about. Now, I'm a little happy that Jacoby, the Patriots' former third-string quarterback, you know, is uh, is going to be their starting quarterback as of now, but they're desperate, and they're bringing in people like Brock Osweiler, like people who have been chased out of like six other cities. Um, but no matter who they get, I mean, the Tennessee Titans are better. The, the Texans are better. The Colts season is done. And I don't know how much luck was going to play, but the fact that he waited this long. And now maybe, again, maybe he didn't want to wait and the team told him to. So I don't really know. He's 29. He has all the money. And if you're this banged up, you don't know anybody's shit. But did he make more money waiting than if he were to not? Like if he had pulled the ripcord oh. uh, uh, last season, like did he kind of? Did he make more money to wait wait this long and, and before they, you get the jackpot? So so his his signing bonus was contingent on on playing out the five year contract, and other people have retired. Uh, who there's a couple people, famous people, who like try, like Ricky Ricky Waters, Ricky Wal, mm. Ricky Walters, the running back. He ended up going to my. Um, he was with the Saints, okay. and he retired because he wouldn't smoke stop smoking pot. And then he, or he, when he went to Miami, he unretired because they're like, okay, we respected the, the, the decision. Give us back the $20 million signing bonus. You know what? I really like football. <laughs> you know, So he came back and played. And like I said, so the Colts let him keep his signing bonus. So no, he hasn't lost. I mean, he's not going to get his game checks. He's not going to get his full salary yeah. for this year. But, but his signing have, bonus. Would he have lost money if he were to have? You know, no, I don't okay. think he would. Right. And, and I think the the conspiracy thing of the team asked him to stick around to sell some more season tickets yeah. on the hope and promise that he'd be coming back. Yeah, uh, maybe not week one, two, or three, but that he would lead them to the playoffs again. Honestly, uh, oh well, because the NF the NFL uh, is a pretty shitty organization. Yes, a uh, one hundred. I, Wish I knew how to quit you. Right. It's a pretty shitty organization, so there really should be no love lost there. The fans in Indianapolis booing Andrew Luck off the field. Fuck them. You know? I mean, they, nobody knows anybody anything. Like, this is this is, this is is a job. This is a, you know... Right. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, we would if Brady did the same thing to us, you, we, you would be devastated. You would be heartbroken. You would be, you'd be, you know, fuck him, fuck TB12, fuck this, you know... If we thought he was coming back and you buy the, you shell out a few grand for the season tickets and then 
yeah. the eve of opening game. You know what? I'm not showing up. Yeah, yeah. I'd be. I, I would. We're gonna get there with Brady. We've already yeah. talked about yeah, that. Yeah, true. You know, the only um, interesting Pat's news right now is Patrick Chung uh, has a felony. Um, a felony. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, an alarm went off in his house in New Hampshire or a vacation house. The cops went in to check it out. There was cocaine in there. He was not there, and he's been indicted. There you go. He's oh. been federally. He's been indicted for cocaine possession in the state of New Hampshire. His lawyer, you know, pleaded like you know not guilty at a, a hearing the other day. He doesn't. So league hasn't done anything, and neither has a team. And it's one of those things. I you know. You're, he's not home. He's not in possession. It's in his home. It's like my buddy. You know, there's it's a vacation home. My homies hang out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could have been anybody. So I don't think anything happens from that. Um, okay. The only thing that drugs and the Patriots that worry me is Josh Gordon, who's on the roster. And how many weeks do you think Josh Gordon makes? It? Oh God, yeah. I mean, he's been, you know. And uh, I'm trying to think. You know, there hasn't been that much outrage. I think that the NFL went from indefinite suspension to he can play, which is weird because months ago people were like, why is Graf family paying for his rehab down in Florida? And it's like, and they were like, well, maybe if he gets a year of suspension and they let him back. But I think the league has wised up that there's a big difference between punching out your girlfriend in an elevator in Vegas and having a true mental addiction problem. You know, they still don't really smoke weed in the NFL. I mean, that's what he allegedly got busted for last year. But he's battled addiction. And you shouldn't penalize somebody for, you know, he didn't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a DUI. It wasn't punching a woman, which gets you a good two-game suspension sometimes. Hey, that's league. a slap on the wrist. <laughs> For punching, a punch in the yeah, face. Yeah, punch, punch in the face is a slap on the wrist. So enough of that. We will we will talk sport, you know, coming up uh on the sideshow this Thursday. Yeah, the preseason Patriots twenty nineteen hullabaloo. Is this our third one or yes. it is our third one? Yeah. And uh I think I've called for the Super Bowl every year. <laughs> uh spoiler. <laughs> Uh oh! <laughs> All right, now getting on to the fun stuff. Uh, Gaming. What game? Did you play any games? Did you bring a system down? No, no system. No, our, our we went down with our younger son. Our older son stayed home alone. Oh, yeah. You know he's nineteen. What the hell? So yeah, yeah. He he held down the fort here, guarded all the games you see around you, <laughs> and by guard I mean never coming down here, <laughs> ever. The four days we were away, and uh, but our younger son was on. Still on, like, punishment from the week before on video games. And that, and I didn't want to bring down a Switch, because that's all he would have been fucking doing is playing the Switch. And the point of going to the Cape with family is to hang out with the family in the Cape. So, um, you know, we got to see movies. Um, Briefly, I guess I'll get into that, you know, before we get into video games. Uh, We So... We watched a couple of... We did watch a movie a night while we were down there, essentially. With uh, my wife's aunt and uncle, who are like empty nesters, you know. They have two boys that are grown. One has, uh, you know, one's married and the other is, you know, across the pond in London. So they were more than happy to have us over and just, you know, hang out and watch movies with them. And, you know, uh, it was nice. So we took the opportunity to introduce the classics to 
my younger son. And um, what better way to start off a classics movie viewing session than with the 1991 classic, Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfus, What About Bob? At the insistence of my wife's uncle, like you have to watch, like it was one of his favorite movies. Like it's one, it's his. Doctor Marvin. It's his Star Wars. Doctor Leo Marvin. Doctor <laughs> Marvin. Baby stepping on the elevator. I am on ah! the elevator. <laughs> so we watched. What about Bob? Who's, who's on the elevator in that scene? Isn't there a couple famous people? Mm, I don't. Isn't I, like small roles for people. Who oh, I didn't. Bigger? I didn't. <laughs> excuse me. I didn't um, recognize anybody. I thought they were just like extras. But uh, yeah, that was him leaving the. Uh, yeah, it's it's it holds up, you know. It's a uh, pre Groundhog Day. Um, it was directed by John Landis. No wait, no, I'm sorry, I'm mixing up something else. What the hell? I don't figure who directed it. Um, although I heard after the fact, coincidentally, on some radio show or some talk show or something, I guess Bill Murray fucked with Richard Dreyfus a lot off camera on the set during that like really got under his skin like really pissed off Richard Dreyfus almost to the point of like method like he's trying to extract the irritation out of Richard Dreyfus as much as possible so when he gets on camera you know it's pretty genuine how much he's uh, really upset at Bill Murray so Bill Murray uh, eclectic guy you know what's interesting that you say that? Watched a documentary about Jaws a couple of years ago, and I think was Rob Schneider, Roy Schneider, Roy Schneider, Roy Schneider did the same thing. I think it was him who really got under. Um, oh, Richard Driver's Richard Driver's skin like yeah. drove him up the wall, and a good third of the movie is just those three guys on the boat. Yeah. And for days, I guess he was just he was kept drinking. It was just relentless. But uh, wow. but yeah, and the other guy, uh, the guy, the guy who played Quinn. Quinn, I guess he was hammered the whole time. Well, he would drink for real. Yeah. And people talk about like if you if you're one of those guys who watch a movie over and over, and I almost made you go to the drive-in this week because it was uh, the options were on one screen Jaws and Jurassic Park. And the other was Back to the Future and Goonies again. Um, but you can tell, like, in the conversation, you know, one shot, one shot, two shot, one shot, which ones are the ones that cut back and forth. Sometimes he was drunk and, and like, really drunk. Yeah, glossy-eyed drunk. And then the other ones were stone sober. Yeah. And uh, But, yeah, but I guess maybe... Maybe it's a Dreyfus problem. <laughs> yeah, do we have Maybe any... It's a problem. I'm going to have to watch the DVD commentary of uh, Mr. Holland's Opus to really <laughs> find out. Um, so what else you go... So that so was night, day one. The night one was What About Bob? Night two was Three Amigos. Um, and night three was Paddington 2. Paddington 2, an, a fine movie. I, I'll have to say, I have to say Paddington 2 was a fine family movie. Like a sequel that eclipsed the original? Kind of, yeah. I never saw the original, but I remember like when Paddington 2 came out, like the people online were like, this movie is much better than it should be. Like, you know, for, for what it is, it's a really good movie. And even, you know, my son was like, this movie is like a really well done family movie. It's not too cheesy. It's just right. Like it hits all the notes. Every setup at the beginning of the movie pays off at the end. 
and it's it's just a nice nice neat little movie. It has uh, Hugh Grant as the villain, and it's it's a fun movie. So Paddington Two, but Three Amigos, I hadn't seen that since probably the early '90s, and um, that's directed by John Landis. Everything about that movie is awesome. Yeah. Even I haven't watched it in a little while. I forgot about the musical number. I mean, the the the, the like the cowboy sitting around the campfire where they're they're singing the song, and uh, the animals are singing along with them, like the turtle and the the owl and the wolves and the you know, it, uh, it it's a silly movie, but it it uh, it it does land. Uh, all the all the stuff does land, and um, do the, do you think Steve Martin and Martin Short? Had as much fun making that movie as you and I think they did. <laughs> Martin Short's uh, his uh, starring debut. That's the uh, you know first time he had a starring role, and uh, yes, I think so. Um, but you could tell like the Martin Shortness, like you know he's like relay. You know it takes place in like the twenties in the silent era of film, and he's in this Mexican village and he's regaling like all these. Stories about like Lillian Gish, you know, <laughs> like these behind the scenes anecdotes that like is supposed to impress these people who have never heard of the never heard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's yeah, it's great. Is there? I'm surprised there wasn't a Three Amigos musical. Wasn't there a Three Amigos TV show? Am I dreaming that? I think I'm dreaming. I think you're dreaming. I wish there was. Um, is that the most Martin Short Martin Short role hmm. ever? Because he is 120% Martin Short in that. Right. Uh, well, um, uh, Ned Needlemeyer. <laughs> Ned Needlemeyer is the character's name. A little Nettie was the, the breakout. Uh, he was like a child oh, star. Child star, yeah. Yeah, he was in Little Nettie. Um, he even, even when he danced, like when he's dancing, he's doing the Ed Grimley dance. Um yeah, that's a. would uh, have to go through the catalog, the oeuvre of Martin Short, but that could be... The uh, most yeah, Martin-y short that Martin. and uh, Jack Frost in uh, <laughs> in the si- the Santa Claus Three. Have you not seen Willful them? and Malicious? I'm sorry, did you say I was skillful and, and delicious? delicious? <laughs> uh, charming, a charming man. I, I I will say to anybody who can hear me, go to the Conan O'Brien Conan Needs a Friend podcast with Martin Short, or watch it's on Netflix. Steve Martin, Martin Short. A night you'll forget for, for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's or any uh, Jiminy Glick underrated. Jimmy, it's completely underrated. Yeah. And completely underrated. He talks about that on the Conan thing about how many people didn't get the joke. Like like you know, do you not watch the show? It's like, do you not get what's going on here? But even when it was on, when I was watching it live, you know, I was like, I got it, but I didn't appreciate it. Like I. I didn't like. I didn't really find like the 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 true humor in it. I was like, oh, he's doing like this over the top character. And, you know, I was a young punk then. I didn't really get subtlety, even though there was none. <laughs> right, I'm, like, I'm like running through this. Let me click catalog quickly in my head. And it's like I don't think there was. Are we talking the same chimney? Uh oh. The best line. What was the favorite line of Jiminy? The the fa- I think Martin Short's favorite. Jiminy Glick line was to Mel Brooks. So what's your beef with the Nazis? (laughs) 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 Oh, that is gold. Yeah. 
Uh, so video games? Are we talking yeah. video games? Yeah, whatever. I don't so know. You didn't play any video no, games this week? No. Um, as I talked, the, I got I got on Twitter viciously attacked by what I used to consider friend of the podcast, our friend Biff, um, who posted a picture of me. Why he felt the need to like put the smiley face over my face? Like, dude, you can put me out there on Twitter. I don't give a fuck. Um, it's like. He's giving his sons a hard time about playing video games, but this is how he, he sat in the room playing Resident Evil 2 during the trip to Phoenix, like, the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, A, not the whole time, two, a good half of the guys on the team, maybe two-thirds of the guys on the team, hey, how are you? I'll see you again in five years, you know, but it was basically him and John uh, that I spent the whole time with, which was great. And the other guys, because I didn't bring my little dream squashers, uh, they had their kids. And like I, I put onto Twitter, it's like, I didn't get away from my kids for two days to hang out with their kids for two days. <laughs> but seriously, a, a lot of the guys that really want to hang out with, you know, All-Star Tommy, you know, Scotty Black and stuff like that. And their kids are great. But they were 10 miles away, you know, and it wasn't. We did the family dinner. We did all those things. So, I mean... You know, I don't hang out at the bar like I used to when we go there and drink. But, you know, but he did. He's, like, giving me crap about it. Now, now that I've said that, we have. We, we've implemented the back-to-school games only on the drive over here. And when we're over here doing it, they can be up there with your kids playing. And one day during the weekend. And I myself just, I literally, since school started, started a workout program. And I don't have time. And I, I wish... I wish I had time, you know, before I went into... But, but there's time but there's now. now. There was time. It's not fair. I um, I did pop in Resident Evil 5 just to see if I was still as awesome as I used to be. Fun fact. Sadly, I am. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> I took a break from Resident Evil 2 and 7, in which... Uh, Joe, you never forget your first love. Mm-hmm. You never forget your first love. And uh but yeah, but that's it. So there've been I, no games playing for me, you know, just with your emotions. Yes. Um uh, all right, so then let's go on to a random video game review. Okay, why not? It's Casey Kasem back with the video game review of the week. We're going to pull off a game from the GameCube collection. And it's not Mario Kart. It's not Mario Tennis. I'm going to say Mario Golf. Is it Mario Golf? I don't know what this fuck is. Oh, Mario, Mario, Mario Party 4. Um, answers all the questions left unanswered <laughs> by Mario Party 3 and yet to be answered by Mario Parties <laughs> 5, 6, 7, and 8. H. Shabiel. Yeah, Shalmazel. Haas and Pepper Incorporated. Incorporated. I have not played. We're not on the spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I certainly am. Mario Party 4, it's a fun, you know, if you're not familiar with Mario Party, which you are not, it's a a party game that you play with, you know, preferably three other people, um, where you're... You choose a Mario character, like Mario, Luigi, Princess, Toad, whatever, and you move around a like a board game board, like a 3D board game board. You roll dice, you take turns, and depending on what square you land on, you then shuffle through a selection of mini games in which 
you and your competitors sometimes either play co-op or uh, every man for himself or single player or whatever. And uh, you try to basically earn coins and then take coins away from your competitors and try not to you know, avoid Bowser so that he doesn't take all your coins. And then whoever finishes the game with the most coins wins. And, uh, you know, it's a fun game. It, it, it is fun. Uh, it started on the Nintendo 64's Mario Party. And this is the fourth iteration on GameCube. And it, I think it's now up to Super Mario Party on the Switch. I think it's out. I, I'm not sure. I think it's out. But it's like, oh, yeah, it's a Mario Party game. I mean, people who are into that are now kind of nonplussed by it. You know, like, oh, yeah, it's like a, it's almost like a Madden. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, it's another Mario Party game. So it's, it, it's, it's a fun time. Now, if you didn't own it <laughs> and you wanted to buy it, I don't think you can. I, I, I can only find people selling the box. For, for Mario Party for 4. Mario Party 4. But huh. if you did have it in the box uh-huh. and it was sealed. Oh, right. I only have, by the way, I only have disc only. It's in a makeshift DVD case. How much would you think somebody... A sealed a Mario sealed Party. Mario f- for I'm gonna, the GameCube. How long did the GameCube last? What well, was, it was the from, window? It was from 2001 to 2005 or six. So like a four-year run? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to say... Um, I'm gonna say 100 bucks. 130 bucks. Yeah, for I mean a sealed game. I mean those those are hard to come by. So so's just the disc. I can't find just the, you know nobody's they, parting with it. That's why people are, people are uh, they love their Mario Party. They, uh, uh, I can find Mario Party Five. Oh okay, Maybe. can't find the four. Yeah, that's funny. I I, I uh, must be the Empire Strikes Back of the Mario Party GameCube series, <laughs> or it's the black sheep that nobody wants to admit that they've had. So um, okay, there we go. Very random video game review. Um, now we're gonna get into what you're watching. Random. And you TV. had said to me, try to watch this before. No, you said watch this, but I didn't get a chance. But I will. But why don't you talk a little bit about uh, the little uh, viewing that you did? I'm taking it was last night. You saw it. No, it wasn't last night. You, you, it it was you Monday. Didn't night. watch it with the family down yeah. in, down on the Cape. No, yeah, I watched it. I think Monday night. We came back Monday afternoon. So Monday night, I saw it popped up on Netflix. Dave Chappelle's new comedy special, Six Sticks and Stones. I go, okay, yes, Dave Chappelle, great. And I put it on, and it was an hour of. Virtually a solid hour of just hilarity. Just good old-fashioned Dave Chappelle. um, Controversial. um, Some N-word usage. Some F-word usage. Some other F-word usage. And um, some controversial... Yeah, a lot lot of... uh, but, But just a lot of funny jokes. And a lot of it is, when you're Dave Chappelle, it's almost like you get to that point where, you know, you look back at, like, Chris Rock's you know, original stand-up routine, and he's talking about just topics and the you know things that are going on in the in the country and in the world or whatever, and uh, you know relationships and stuff, basic comedy stuff. And then when you get to a certain point of fame, then you start making jokes about your fame, and it's a, it's all personal. Like a lot of the stuff is personal to uh, Dave Chappelle. It's about his. Um, you know, he talks about working on the Chappelle show and some of the censorship issues he's had to deal with. Then. Tell, tell that bit. Oh, I don't Come on, tell that bits. bit. No, it, it, it's, it's I, I, I can't because I, okay. I really can't because okay. he uses a word that I can't use. You can't. But. And it's not, it's, it's, I don't want to trample on a comedian's bit. It's, it's just so good. But it's good. Yeah, it is. A, he gets into censorship, but he also talks about, um, 
he talks about uh, uh, you know my 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 memory isn't as good as it used to be. It was never good, but he talks also about the uh, the R. Kelly thing and the, how they asked him to be in the documentary and his reticence to and, and basically him saying no, and then their response to him saying no, and then you know him going back and forth and that, that that's a funny thing. Was he a friend with R. Kelly? No, that's actually what he says. He's like, I didn't know the guy. Like that's the reason why I wasn't in the documentary. But don't all black people know all black well, people? Well, you know what you would think. Um, and then he also talks about the Finding Neverland and his um, him maybe not believing those guys. Hmm. Yeah. So that 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 stirred some shit, and that's why he's getting a lot of shit for that on on um, social media now. And. Um, yeah, it's just it's good. It's good. Old, I, I don't know. It, you know he's joking. You know these are all jokes, and that's why I could laugh through it. Like he wasn't. It didn't seem like it came from any sort of malice or ignorance or whatever. You just you you know. And he actually addresses the people at home on Netflix. He's like, and by the way, anybody at home who's mad at my jokes, you clicked on my motherfucking face. Like, you saw my face, and you knew what you were getting into. So, yeah, he, he gets into a lot of, um, a, a, yeah, just stuff that he knew. And he also, like, does an impersonation of people who, the, the, the cancel culture. Um, it's, you know, he's an older comedian, and it's going to be something where you're either going to, like, you're going to be so woke that you can't appreciate the comedy or you're going to be uh, somebody who appreciates comedy and realize that, yeah, even though you can, you can be aware that the topics that he's talking about are sensitive and offend some people, it's, it's still like the, at the heart of it. It's still comedy. It's still like he still finds uh, LGBT jokes funny and... I don't know. It, it's really up to you to decide whether or not you're going to laugh at it or if you're going to say, no, that's too mean, he's crossing the line or he's insensitive or whatever. Um, you know, it's really, it's all about the delivery. It's all about the context, I think. Uh, I laughed. Uh, I, I thought it was fucking funny. Like, you know, it's um, it's worth a watch. I don't think he crossed any line. I mean, you know, you might not agree with some of the things he said, but at the end of the day, I don't think he. I don't think it's a bad special. I don't think it's a mean special, uh, and I don't think Netflix should take it down or any bullshit like that. I think you know it is what it is, and you know uh, he didn't. At least he didn't jerk off in front of somebody. <laughs> and he talks about Louis C.K. and he's talking about like what crime did he commit? You know, um, imagine the police report on that. It's like, uh, all right, so he masturbated in his own room. On the phone with you, so what's you know <laughs> what's the crime, and you know, yeah, technically there was no crime committed, but he's still kind of a scummy person. So, and you didn't hang up the phone. Why? Well, you know, yeah. So that it it kind of you know I don't know. It's uh, it makes it, it it's a thing that makes you go. Hmm. How many times have you hung up on me because you thought I was masturbating while we were talking on the phone? Um, oh, sorry, that was faced. <laughs> right, yeah. And I was. Yes. <laughs> and the answer is never. Uh, uh, you didn't see my heart emojis as, I, <laughs> as you were doing it. Um, but yeah, yeah, you have to watch it. I wish, I wish you had seen it so that we could actually kind of... Actually, I'm glad you didn't see it because 
we would have you know gone through all the jokes and ruined it for everybody. And I don't want to do that. But so it's worth a watch. I will watch it before it's all Patriots all the time. Please. Except on the weeks that they might not win, which we know will never happen. So, uh, But I will watch that. I started watching, and I've been really looking forward to this. And it's tough because almost every time you watch something on Amazon Prime, it starts with a promo. And they've been promoting the fuck out of the show called The Boys for a while now. It's a superhero show. It's kind of like a Justice League, a superhero team, an Avengers or Justice League, a seven-person team. Um, they're the last few years is a new genre of superhero movies, like super horror. Um, that, that movie, I, I don't want to see it, Brightburn. It's basically, if Superman as a kid comes to the planet and he's fucked up, he's Dexter, you know, type thing. Um, I don't, I don't want to see that. But I did want to see this. The promos look good. I'm awful with actors' names, but the guy who plays Bones in the Star Wars, or the Star Trek reboot. Um, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Thank you. He was also on a show that only lasted one season called Almost Human, which was really good. It was a remake of a UK show. Was it? I think. It was really, really good. He was a detective, and his partner was uh, an android, an AI, you yeah. know, self-aware um, a robot. Anyways, it's really great. But so I'm watching the boys, and it's fucking dark. I mean, it is brutal. Without giving anything away, it's a business. Superheroes are a business. And, and hey, look, Luke Cage, hero for hire. You know what I mean? It, it, it dates back. But this is if it was if the superhero industry was an industry that that there's X amount of superheroes out there. Only seven make this team, but there are superheroes all over the country, and they're they're regulated, they're legislated. Um, they all work for this one big company. They, if you're a superhero, you're hoping to come to work for this company, and they make movies, and oh, you're the NFL. Boxes. Right, it's the NFL. Um, but there's a super team of seven, like seven ones who are special. You know, just, just like the Avengers, there's a lot of superheroes out there, you know, where Spider-Man wasn't on the Avengers right away type thing. Um, and oh, we don't even want to get into the Spider-Man thing, do we? we can't. I actually do. <laughs> I guess you, yeah, I know. Hold on, squish. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get a little guy in. But uh, but seriously, it is fucking dark. I mean, horrible. Like you know, I'm not giving much away, but in the uh, first half of the first episode, a superhero and superhero rape scene. You know, um, let's, let's tone it down. Date rape scene, you know, uh, and and management and I are watching. We're like, okay, so we're both in agreement. Deadpool, maybe in a year or so, the boys can watch Deadpool. This, maybe when they hit grad school, <laughs> you know, uh, it is, it is. I watch the whole series, but I'll be honest, it's like I'm not love. I, I I like my superheroes to be good guys, Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, right? This is a little too. I, um... I like the escapism. I don't want to see. Basically, a superhero team run by the Koch brothers, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. And the negotiating with cities, it's like, well, we can pull so-and-so from Detroit to bring him to Baltimore, and you could really use the PR and clean up, you know, get the homicide numbers down, and it's $300 million a year to hire him. You know, it's like... I, I think there's a tonal shift in the season, from what I understand, from the brief stuff that I heard about. So it's like, you know, like it... it, it it's what you see at the beginning isn't exactly what you see at the end. I'm, I'm gonna power through, sure. you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a slog. I, I, it's if, fucking brutal. 
Yeah, I, I guess it's if you're into horror, you know, then maybe it's a little, a little less. Uh, and, you know, and no, it's just you know not as much horror as like corporate. Oh right, assholeness. You mm-hmm. know, like I said, if the Koch brothers were calling the shots for the Justice League, this you. this is this is what it is. Yeah. Um, I've also um, oh, what's that movie? It's a it's a little independent movie that I've been watching. Endgame. Oh, Endgame. <laughs> still, still, still watch, still watch. Oh, so it's funny. I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the driver and the Joe and I go to, they do these retro weekends and they were showing, um, like I said, Back to the Future and Goonies, which we saw last year. Did we see it two years in a row? We've been there two years. Yeah, we did see uh, Draws. It was Jaws and Back to the Future Jaws and, and Jaws and Goonies. Yeah, right. So, no, no. no Back, Back to, to the, the Future, future both and, times. Yeah, and then in one year was Goonies and the other year was Jaws. Blew the boy's mind because I showed him the poster for Goonies. I'm like, hey, we might go to this. Um, Sean Ashton, who starred in season two of Stranger Things, he played this character, Bob, that the boys really loved. Easy peasy. Uh, <laughs> and um, and uh, and Thanos. You know, yeah, our, our, young, young Josh Brolin. They were brothers and uh, and Goonies. So yeah. they were like, what? No, that's, you know, and it's funny because I told the little guy and then we were driving here tonight. He goes, you want me to blow your mind? Do you know the movie The Goonies? I'm like, are you about to tell me what I had told you yesterday? Oh, I thought mama told me. Eh. Well, go ahead and tell your brother. You know, and he was so excited to tell him that Bob from Stranger Things and Thanos were brothers in the movie The Goonies. So, yeah. uh so yeah, so that's my um, the boys all I can't review too much because I haven't seen it, but uh, give a give a big thumbs up to Infinity War and Endgame because you can't watch one without the other. You you can, but why would you? <laughs> and then just to wrap up what I've been watching, um, I saw also uh, for the first time in its entirety, it's a mad 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 world. It's on Amazon Prime. So great. Yeah. So awful. Yeah. So how can we get? Everybody. Every name who's ever been anybody the last 30 years? I mean, they had the Stooges, like, literally propped up the Stooges. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they, the, the cameo is a literally, like, blink and you miss it. You know, it was just them as firemen standing there staring, and it was Larry. Larry. <laughs> Mo and Curly Joe Dorita. Ugh. I don't know how wound up with the Three Stooges fortune. Uh, right? He, like, he was like the last man standing right? kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, everybody's in it. And I like reading the IMDb trivia facts. Like One of them was Don Rickles was not approached. And he get, every time the director showed up at one of Don Rickles' shows, he gave him public shit about not being asked to be in... It's a mad, 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 mad world. Um he got his revenge with the success of the Cannonball Run. Yeah. And CPO Sharky. Let's not forget the, the resids he was making off of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just, it's, it's a, it was a mad caveat. Ethel Merman and, uh, oh, and Milton Berle. Uh, it's kind of a cuck. I didn't mean, I don't, I don't know. It was a weird, uh, it was a weird thing. And, and then, uh, what, year, what year is that? 63. 63, right? I think there was, pre, yeah, it was a summer, or I think it was a summer movie, 63. So it was like right at the end of Camelot, you know, essentially, right before the Kennedy assassination and the world, the world uh, looked a little bleaker to Americans. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I saw that. And then I was starting to watch uh, last night, also. The first am- time our friend John Taylor saw that movie, he uh, drove his second wife home. <laughs> 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 his old. 
Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, also on Amazon Prime, Carol Burnett, The Lost Episodes, Ooh. which is like the first, I think the best of, you know, selections of episodes from the first two seasons of The Carol Burnett Show, like Tim Conway's first appearance on the show. You know, introduce, she's introducing Tim Conway as Tim Conway from McHale's Navy. Like oh. that's, you know, that's how young. And there's also like a, it's funny because she's on stage at the, doing the Q&A part and this is like you know 67 like it's literally like the first season and lyle wagoner is off like backstage like putting on his like he's not dressed like he, he she calls out to him and he's like you know I, i'm not dressed and it's like oh i don't mind you know and then and so she's like basically like me tooing lyle wagoner but it's fun it's like because it's you know it's cal burnett doing it it's not uh it, it's 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 not bad for some reason because uh, Tim Conway and his sidekick Harvey Corman yes they met on the show yeah Harvey was a player on the show prior to but their Tim instant Conway chemistry people truly thought that oh they must have been doing like the theater circuit together for like a decade yeah. because they were an instant instant team yeah you know I mean. I, I put them in the top five of, like, comedy tandems. I was fortunate enough to see them live. Oh. And they came. They did a, they were touring, and they, I think they stopped by, like, the Lowell Auditorium or something like that. And Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, Campy. It was, no, it was fun, yeah. Sticky. Yeah, it was just them. Awesome. It, it, yes. It was Lyle, I mean, um, um, Harvey Corman and Tim Conway. How could you go wrong? So, um, and there's, it's even funny because Carol Burnett would even call out to uh, like her cameraman and like bust balls with him and say, yeah, that's our drunk Irishman cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, but it was funny. I don't know. Like it wasn't, I don't know. I didn't, no, there was, I, mean, I didn't feel bad. There Public was a time where you could point out the obvious. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, a stereotypical thing. He's Irish. He's drunk. He's our cameraman. She didn't say anything. Like, <laughs> Untrue in yeah, that. Right. If you want to take it to the, all, not all, all Irish cameramen are drunk. You're right. Right. Him. But him. <laughs> he's drunk. He's Irish. He's a cameraman. <laughs> so he kind of checks all the boxes in her statement. Uh, so yeah, that was that's it's it's if you want a little escapism, which I know you do, and uh, if you want a little a palate cleanser from watching the boys, yeah, flip over to the Cabernet Lost episodes. Pick anyone. And just enjoy. And there's musical numbers, Lucille Balls in one episode. Um, but then you have like, you know, just like the 60s musical numbers at the end. And the whole, it's, it gets a little campy, I will warn you. But it's also just like, it, it, it brings back that variety show charm that you kind of miss when it, it's in your face all the time. Right. So um, check it out. Anyways, that's all I got to say about that. No, I mean, I, I, you know, when I, sadly, when I go, no, not sadly. Happily. I don't, happily. When I go to bed at night, most nights when I'm giving my choice, uh, I listen to old radio shows. I love old camp, you know, that kind of stuff. And all those, you know, half those, half those old radio, like the Jack Benny show or the Alice Faye, you know, and stuff like that, they would, they would build to the big song and the episode, they always had one crooner and all of those shows, be it Jack Benny, be it, you know, Burns and Alley, you go through the litany of any of those 
sitcomy shows, variety show, radio shows. It builds to the the song like a, a an eighties porn did, you know, like the pizza <laughs> delivery. It was so sticky and so um, in the in the commercial. No, I love that stuff. I will definitely. I'll watch an episode of The Boys. And then I'll watch a couple episodes of Carol Burnett. Maybe I'll flip over to Shishpel. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, I'm going to have to squeeze this all in before next – or before – yes, next Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you have a week. Yeah, at 8.30. Yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of – Oh, there's a lot of pregame. pregame. Oh, no. <laughs> and la- last year's, you know, stuff and, and you know, and clips on, on Twitter to, to, to kind of catch up on. And you still have, what, 20 episodes of Gilbert Gottfried's podcast you haven't listened to? Yeah, and I've seen there's a couple there's a couple guests you know I see it on Twitter all the time that oh yeah I want to listen to that guy yeah. so yeah I got my well let's you know hey spoiler alert I'm calling for thirteen and three so those three weeks that there's <laughs> not a W I'll be powering through um, all right but uh, you got a parenting tip Mister I took my family on vacation because I'm a good guy they took me let's be honest they took me did they let you ride in the front of the car <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> And I'm not joking. <laughs> Sometimes, um, my parenting tip is: uh, um, I would have to say, uh, if I was a parent, uh, get back to me. Get back to me. So my tip is: lead by example, oh. and it's not easy. That's what I was going to say. Lead by example. Like like this 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 junk that we're eating is the first time in five days because I started the program no soda at the house like you know on a strict program it's hard for it's easy for me to say no you can't have a sip of my soda so you're just running to the store every five minutes to get soda nothing it's been great it's been clean Uh, working out more working out like I get home from the gym and I make you know the the older one hey you gotta do your aquatic therapy let's jump in the pool and I'll do it with and you lead by example And, and they feel that you know you're not lording over them you're not saying well you know, well, I'm gonna do this, but you don't, and and you know it's a real win-win because you're modeling good behavior and you get to throw it in their face. Hey, I don't get to play my fucking games either, you little punks who shut the fuck up. So it really, it's really a good a good thing to model good parenting and be able to throw it in their smug little faces. That's my parenting tip of the week. Oh, and now welcome back, Alex Trebek. I I, I learned that he is uh, returning to uh, his job, which is nice. Yeah. He's alive and well. He's going to finish that contract like he promised. You know, and he's a company. Unlike man. Andrew Locke, right? <laughs> Snowflake! He has stage four pussyism. <laughs> which he is not going to beat. By the way, uh, that's a derogatory term. You know, I know I shouldn't say pussy because, it, it, you know, it... it yeah, we'll get into it. You later. are what you eat. Yeah, hey anyway, now. So that's all we have time for now, because we have to break, um, maybe use the bathroom, and then um, come back on Thursday for your Patriots pre-season preview ramble rant, where I say, "Yeah, I agree" to everything Jacques has to say, and then I'll go to like some random number generator to pick my. Uh, my scores, and then determine who goes against uh, the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and it'll be... Uh, so, so you don't pick the teams by the color pants like my management does. Uh, Who's the team with the shiny pants that I like? <laughs> Those are the Patriots. That, that, that's the 49ers. Oh, the 40, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. How, well, who's the team that has those... You know, 
Uh, shut up and go buy some shoes. <laughs> oh, you. What are you, Dave Chappelle over there? <laughs> if you know management, if I tell her while I'm watching a game, shut up and go buy some shoes. She'll actually take that. Uh, gladly. Yes. You, you want to call me a cunt? <laughs> because <laughs> as long as I can buy some shoes, you can say whatever you want. Uh, I'm, I'm wrong. I, no. you, you're also bringing a husband tip of the week. <laughs> I, you have two tips. Oh, my tips runneth over. Anyway, so that's it for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Carnival Podcast on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Really, Instagram. And I'm Casey Kasem. <laughs> and now, a dedication. And this one is about people with pets or without pets or people who like pets or people who eat pets or neither or both. It's for a dog named Snuggles. Uh, can we do that again? Yeah. I mean, when we come out of the record, I'm telling you, when they, they give these up-tempo goddamn records, and then I have to go into some bullshit about a fucking dog dying. Is Don on the phone? I want to talk to him. Yeah. Are we doing in-game promos now for the Portland 2? Don't forget.